There it is. And that, ladies and gentlemen, and our good friends in the UK and Brooklyn, <laughs> is the sound that we love. Mojo, my man. What's long, going on, buddy? Long time no talk, man. How you been? Dude, I have just been waiting to get on this thing and, and finally get a chance to talk to you about some other stuff uh, besides Kanye West. Because really, I, I think that the life of Pablo and the life of Marco have sort of been one and the same in the past couple of weeks. Yes, that is, it, is, it has been on constant rotation for me and I'm sure it has been on constant rotation for you as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm finally starting to like wind down from where I've heard the songs enough. That I can, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start listening to other stuff. You're able to like bring more stuff back into your life. Yeah, like, oh, I remember what these guys sound yeah. like. We're about to talk about a future album in a little bit that came out like a month ago, but it's really sounding brand new to me. I, it, it, it is because we didn't really, we didn't really get like a full chance to really like appreciate it because then the whole, the whole Kanye drop thing started, and then that just took our attention. Exactly, and we got a full plate. We're gonna do a little Oscar preview later. Um, big Oscar I, preview. A, yeah, actually a big Oscar preview, but uh, I just wanted to say that I really hope that this Sunday the Oscars go a lot better than the Grammys went last week because your boy was in a dark place, man, when they handed Taylor that Grammy. I know. And I, 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 watched, uh, I watched a good bit of it. Um, what did you think? What was your – It just – I felt like my team lost. Yeah. I, I you saw know? you say that somewhere. Yeah. It, it, was, it, was, it was tough because – it was just like, really, you're going to give this this to a pop record? And there's, I mean, I like Taylor Swift, and I, I'm sure, you know, she makes great music. Her fans love her, and pop stars are important and all that. But, I mean, it really felt like that Kendrick album, whether or not it was your favorite, was the most important rap album that, in recent memory. And if that's not going to win what rap album's going to, I don't know. Yeah. It was disappointing. Yeah, it was disappointing. I, I understand I understand Taylor winning. Um it makes sense, you know, but at the same, like, I think at the same time, a little consolation prize for us. I think the people who understand the impact of the pimp a butterfly, um, I don't think we needed the, the Grammy to really cement that into, you know, the all time albums. Yeah. Kind of yeah, no doubt. It just would have been nice. It was just it such would've. a socially important album and I don't want to get on my soapbox here because I'm sure I'm going to be doing that later in the Oscar preview. So, um, what do you what do you think of the uh of the Kendrick performance? Oh man, it was incredible. It I was uh, incredible. I thought he stole the show. I mean, there were some other really good performances. The the Gaga uh Bowie tribute was really cool too, but dude, Kendrick killed it. Yeah, it was really good. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a little anecdote. I had my mom. I was like, "Hey mom, like you need to turn on the Grammys and like watch this Kendrick performance." And she knows like nothing about rap whatsoever. Uh-huh. And so like she like turned it on and she was like it was like really it was like really good to like watch but like I'm not quite sure like I couldn't hear really anything. <laughs> I was like oh well like yeah she's like but I I, under- I understood it like it was really good. I was like well at least like the normal people at home like un- understood it to an extent. I that's what I I I thought that was good. Yeah, I think it was it was probably a, a big moment, you know, for people that aren't as familiar with Kendrick and his music, you know, in his career, you forget, you know, we're so consumed in this stuff. You forget that, you know, a lot of those songs weren't on the radio and a lot of people aren't familiar with Kendrick. So that's a big stage for him. Yeah. And I mean, he he crushed it. So um, other than that, though, let's let's uh, dive into these albums. So we have time to break down the, the Oscars later. That sounds good, man. 
Right, let's so, hit him uh, with the drive-by. I don't have the drop. That's all right. Who needs the drop? Who who needs it? We don't need it. Sound effects are lacking on my part. That's my bad. I got a million things going on right here in front of me. Um, All right. So what's the first album you want to hit for this little drive-by? Well, I wanted to start off because we've only been doing this a little over a month now. And during, I believe, the second episode, we dove deep into a new Future album. And we talked about whether or not the amount of music he's putting out is going to cause, I think we called it, coined it, future fatigue. Or people are going to get sick of listening to this guy's new music. And literally less than three weeks later, another future album came out. And do you think that the fanfare surrounding the second release was less than the first? I think it was. I I I, I, I agree. Cause I was, I was in, I was in Florida when Purple Rain dropped and like, I was like literally like laying there at three o'clock in the morning, like refreshing live mixtapes and dat piff, like waiting for it to drop. And the evil, the evil one, it was just kind of like, I'll listen to it when I listen to it. I wasn't yeah. like, it's pumped. And I, I saw a tweet today and there's a couple things coming out that apparently Future's sitting on like three kind of R&B albums right now. Um, oh, spare me. Yeah. And I, I'm. I love future. Um, but like, I'm, I know that I'm getting very, I'm getting tired of it, of the sound a little bit. It's just wrong to say kind of, but I'm just a little bit tired. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it was by no means a difficult record to get through. I mean, it was, it was pretty good and I enjoyed listening to it. Um, but I definitely felt like my excitement was a lot lower and it, and it seemed like that was kind of the, the public opinion. Um, but, as far as like listening to the album, I, th- I thought there was some good stuff, and I, the thirteen songs went went through pretty easily. Unlike you know, we're going to talk about Young Thug in a little bit. Like I struggle getting through that. You know, I, I still like Future. Um, I think I you know, as long as he's rapping and not singing, I'm I'm always going to be Team Future. But yeah. but I, I I liked Purple Rain better than Evil. I think there. I, yeah, I think there's more. There's more tracks on Purple Rain, I think, that'll get more spin for me. Um, there's a couple standouts on um, Evil. The Flash It Only is really, really solid. Um, has a little bit of like the rock vibe to it. And then uh, Little Haiti Baby as well was a big one for me um, that I loved off there. And then Low yeah, Life. That, that felt like a Wayne tribute. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was really like... I really liked the vibe of that song. And then the Low Life, I mean, we had heard, we had heard it before, but... Um, yeah, that was the single. Yeah, um, good to get in CDQ. But you know, I'm always, I'm always real, you know, hesitant um, to start, you know, bashing what you know Metro and and Future have done because I st- I put out a couple tweets and I got this weird voicemail from this from this 404 number. I can't figure it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play four, it for you. And that's an Atlanta area. Code. Yeah, it was. It, this is all. It was just. It was just like three seconds long. This is what it said. Hey, young Metro. <laughs> That's all it said. So I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what that means. That's all you got. Yeah, and I, I, I'm no way. I think I'm gonna put my Twitter account to private now because I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. So, so if you're even like one percent sure or unsure that Young Metro doesn't trust you, dude, head on a swivel. <laughs> you gotta watch out. That that's that, hilarious. Yeah, it, it was a it was a weird time. I got real freaked out about it for a little bit. Um, no, hey, but notice anybody giving you like awkward glances r- around the town or well, I've started, I've started right doing now. like the whole, you know, kind of look behind my shoulder thing. And you know, I'm just looking for, you know, a, a dude in hippie glasses and a bandana just waiting for me. And 
yeah, I trust who, Young Metro. Who, I trust Young Metro with production. I trust them completely. So whoever maybe we as the RGP need to need to get with uh, Young Metro's people after the pod and make sure that you know they're still up utmost level of trust between give them, us. Give them a peace offering. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I mean <laughs> that's hilarious. Other <laughs> other than that, on the future uh, record. I complimented him on the Purple Rain title. I think I called it the best use of a homonym in a, yeah. in a rap title, man. Really bad title on Evol's part. He went for another grammatical structure. Yeah, it was so, like, for all the Wayne fans out there, so it was, like, after Rebirth, um, his, like, rock album, kind of, and there was, like, this whole rumbling that, and it was, like, gonna happen as soon as uh, Wayne got out of jail, and it was this big hype for this, tr- for this record called Evil, E-V-O-L, and... I don't know what that has to do with it necessarily, but like it kind of felt like a bite on Wayne. Although like the diehard Wayne guys knew of that album that existed. And I'm pretty sure it still does exist. Um, I didn't yeah, really like the originality weird. of it. Yeah. So it was like a little fun story behind it. But um, someone was like, yeah, love backwards. I was like, eh. yeah, it's 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 whatever. Um, and, and then but I, the the one thing I kind of took away from the album, though, as well, is that, you know, it's clear now that the way we're going to get new music is through these live stream events and the exclusive deals well not uh, the exclusives to an extent but then also like you know it started with what a time and then uh we had the life of pablo live stream and then we also got then the beats one um evil release where dj Khaled did on his show and it's going mm-hmm. towards this I, I i like it i i still think it's a very novel concept but that whole idea of everyone's listening to the album for the first time at the same time yeah um, it's cool um, I don't know how well it's going to play out. I'm just hurting my wallet because I have to subscribe to like every single possible. That, yeah, and that's the thing from a consumer standpoint. You know, these artists have so much control over the release of their music now that, as opposed to when it was the record companies handling it, um, yeah, the artists were getting screwed to a certain extent. But for the consumer, it was pretty easy because the record companies were trying to make it available to you in a way that you would buy it, right? Yeah. But now everything's so spread out that it, I think for me, it's been a lot more difficult. And I think as a result, you know, you've seen the illegal download numbers for Life of Pablo. I think that's something that's going to keep growing. And I, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on how that plays out throughout in, the remainder of the year and past that. In regards to the illegal downloads, it was like over 500,000 times. Um, but I saw a report today that within the 10 days after the title release of Life of Pablo, um, before the live stream event, they had 1 million subscribers. And 10 days after the live stream event, they are up to 2.5 million. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I always try to avoid illegal downloading music just because, you know, I believe that especially when you're a fan of the artist that you want to see them get paid for what they do. Yeah. Um, so I'm still on that, that title subscription. But, I mean, it's frustrating to have to spread the money out all over the place. Yeah. And it's happening in, you know, but I think- all sorts of entertainment, TV, you know, at Netflix and Hulu and HBO and all these different Amazon, there's all these different services and, and all the TV so spread out that it's not the it's not the best anymore for the end user. I, I think, yeah, I, I agree completely. And it's it's stretching us thin a little bit. Um and but I think the I think the main kind of takeaway of it is that it's you know, if they he can get one point five million people to subscribe to title, it's clearly an effective method. And I I don't think it's gonna stop anytime soon. So it's it's just a matter of how we manage it, and it's just going to be a thing in music for a couple of years, I think. 
Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Get, yeah, don't want to get too sidetracked. That was that, that was quite the tangent. Um, we <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about uh, as far as the future record before uh, you try to convince me why Young Thug is not terrible? Yeah, no. Um, I future records, whatever. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much done with it. Like, I'll probably listen to it a little bit more here now that I can kind of take my um take my eyes off Pablo. But I, it's it's like a five or a six for me. It, it's yeah. it's whatever. It's gonna be in my library, but I'm not gonna be like, yo, check out Evil, you know. Okay, well, how, and and how about up? And up. So we're go- so Young Thug released I'm Up and it was supposed to be Slime Season Three, um, coming out on Spotify and then Spotify messed up the artwork and everything and it was it was it was just classic thug. Um Thugs really kinda had a rejuvenation or a renaissance. I wouldn't say rejuvenation because he's still young. Renaissance um over the past year. Um he's he's growing up in his sound and you could see bits and pieces of it on I'm Up um with certain songs but i'm really interested in the next project from young thug i i, I don't I, we're gonna review i'm not but I, but it's i'm up was kind of a benchmark for his progression as an artist for me and i, I it showed me he was going in the right direction i just uh, for me i just when when people talk about young thug and his progression as an artist i just cannot relate because i listen to it and I hear people compliment him for being different and weird and incongruent. And people use terms like that to describe his music. But for me, it, it's incoherent. It doesn't, he, doesn't have, he doesn't have a sound. It doesn't make any sense. Now he has a sound. It's an, I don't want to say it's an acquired taste because like, I think – I've tried. I, I, when, when somebody is as divisive as Young Thug, I always want to be team that guy. You know, like I want to be the dude who's supporting Terrell Owens and, and, and all the, you know, the, the divisive people. But for Young Thug, I just, he, he's, when he raps, it's okay. But when he's making these screeching sounds and and that, the weird noises that come with his music and the vocals that are strained, it's like, you're just doing it to do it. It, It's not serving any purpose. No, it does. It does serve a purpose. I, I strongly disagree with you here. It's. It's just a whole other sound, and like it, it's pushing the boundaries of the, the just what we understand the song structures to be, and what the sounds bar. Like if you just did straight bars twenty four seven, like it would just get. Well, tired. No, I mean I'm not like a I'm not like a hip hop purist and like like one of those like Lupe fans who just like yells at anything that's other than verses. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I'm not like a backpacker like that, but I just think that the young thug is dumbing down the lyricism to such an extended point or like with, 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 with the, the vocal stuff I was talking about. Like I look at the song you from the Kendrick album mm-hmm. where he's, he's changing the voice and it's like changing of POV during the song and it makes a ton of sense and you can get why he's doing it. And then I listen to thug and it's just, it sounds like, like croning. Yeah. That's how like kind of, he talks though. Like it's weird. Like he like, doesn't really use like he doesn't like using consonants that much and like it's <laughs> a, a ridiculous way to speak he's, he's just like he's like no nah, like, i'm not i'm not feeling consonants that much and like he says consonants <laughs> but like everything's just kind of like this tone and it's like up and down and it's very it's captivating for me it like makes me interested and like especially the first time you hit play on a thug record it's like you're like, like you have no idea to expect. Like you're just like, this could sound like anything, and it, he could say anything, and it, and there's, 
the bad Young Thug songs are bad. I will give you that. I would agree to that wholeheartedly. But there's times where like Young Thug just like shines just brilliantly. And like it's it's an amazing like like power, for example, is like such a good song. And like no other artist could make that sound. And if if it was like a gimmick or I it just was... disagree. And and this is the other point when, when people are talking about the originality of Young Thug. And how nobody else is like him. It's like, yeah, actually, I remember someone else being like him because this is basically just a bastardization of what Lil Wayne was doing from 2007 to 2009. I mean, I remember somebody doing this just the same except slightly better. But, but Mark, here's the thing. If it was, if it was an easy, if it was an easy, like, copy, then there would be a million Yug Thungs out there and there isn't. Like, there, it, there's only one Young Thug and there's only one Young Thug sound. All right. Well, look. I mean, Slime Season Three is going to come out how soon? Next uh, month, was, uh, dude. It was supposed to drop like a week ago, and like there was a countdown on Datpiff and everything um, for it, and then it just didn't release, and he hasn't said anything about it. So, like, well, it yeah, could drop it, during this pod for all I know. <laughs> well, listen. When it comes out, I'll listen to it, and hopefully, next time we're on here, I'll be apologizing for my young thugs. Did you Did you like the the thug song you played at Madison Square Garden? Yes, I did. Okay. Look, I'm not saying the guy's incapable of making good music, but that's my point. Records are garbage. No, that's my point, though, is that I think he's, especially like his, like the way he sounded on highlights, and then the the way the song they played at MSG. He's change. He's changing as an artist. I think he's getting to that point where he needs a big commercial record, and I think it's 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 going to happen sooner rather than later and i think slime season 3 is going to be a, a very big milestone for young thug i think it's going to be a fantastic record and it's exciting all right well i will promise an open mind but other than that let's let's wrap up the drive by good job on on the second the second go around there and uh we're going to give our buddy Brad a call and get the oscar preview underway all right man sounds good bradley you there yeah i'm here what's going on man happy to have you on the pod yeah, I'm glad to finally get on it. I, I, uh, <laughs> What's up, Rose? I, I never gave you a formal introduction. Do you want a formal introduction or you just want to jump right into the Oscars? Uh, you can give a quick little intro Well, so okay. people know who I am. Okay. This is, uh, this is a man who I, I wouldn't call him a film critic, but uh, film connoisseur, would that be fair? Yeah, I'd say so. I've seen, I've uh, seen it all. Seen it all. He has an, he has an equal love for both the, the lowbrow and the highbrow films. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you want to talk The Revenant, he can talk The Revenant. If you want to talk Bucky Larson, he can talk Bucky Larson. My, my favorite thing is when, when you walk into Brad's house and he's watching a movie. And, like, that movie could be anything in the world. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say anything's on the table. <laughs> really, anything. Um, all right. Well, me and Brad have had a long history of, of – diving into these Oscar films every year and we like to watch all of them or as close, get as close as we can and try to make some predictions. Rose, you're new to joining this and you kind of had a, an unusual experience with, uh, with the Oscar <laughs> movies, huh? So I wanted to join in on the fun. Uh, I don't watch that many movies. Um, I only watch the ones like in theaters that I feel are like super important. But uh, the past like 48 hours, really Sunday night and Monday, I went on a big binge and watched um, – Watch like eight or nine movies, all that are nominated for Oscars, um, and like it was super awesome. Like it was like 
it was a really cool experience just to like play eight best picture nominations back to back and like there was no bad movies in there you know it was just all like i was all like oh wow okay did yeah. you get through them all yeah dude i i, I ran oh, i i didn't i didn't watch I, i'll uh disclaimer i didn't watch brooklyn or room but i watched okay. uh i filled those voids with creed um and straight out of compton Okay. Two very worthy choices. Yeah. yeah um, very good. I'm also out on room. So, uh, Brad, I think you're the only one that saw that. And yeah. we're going we're gonna to kind of break these things down from a gambling perspective because that's what we do here. Um, and room, there's five movies that are long shots. Room's one of the five. There's three that are favorites. Um, yeah. Room's 100 to 1. And since you're the only one that saw it, anything that we need to do, we, should we see it? Is there anything we need to know about it? Oh wow! So I got uh, when I was uh, uh, started to watch it. I was hearing a bunch about it, and um, it was very uneventful the entire time. Okay. Um, like the first half of the movie, like you're like waiting for something to happen, and then when something does, like the next half hour or to the hour is just absolutely nothing. It is, it is. I didn't like it very much at all. Um, Brie Larson. Who's um, actually up for uh, best uh, actress for the? She's role. like one to fifty to win it. She basically already won it. She's just yeah. waiting until Sunday <laughs> to get her Oscar. Yeah, yeah she's uh, she did incredible. Like she really is. Like if she was not in this movie, like it would literally just be one of those movies that I'd just be getting ripped on for watching it all. Okay, and then the other movie that Rose didn't see, which is also a long shot, one hundred fifty to one, which I had a chance to see. <laughs> and I mean, Brooklyn, if. If you like movies about shy immigrants whose, you know, central conflict is homesickness, then this is the movie for you. <laughs> Brad, please explain to me why this was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, I think it was nominated for Oscar just because uh, the way the director and like everyone kind of put this movie. Because like when you watched it, like yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, wow, you, I could see the confusion, but uh, they really did put you into that time frame. Like when you're watching it, you really like kind of get a sense of like what the people did back then. And like there's a scene where like she's like feeding all the older men and then they, like uh, her priest says uh, like these are the men that built like the entire city. And you kind of get like an idea of like how they all lived and how they were treated. But besides like that's just like a historical standpoint. But like yeah, it was a period that, piece. Yeah, besides that, man, I don't know. All right, well, Rose, we'll let you get on the fun. One last takeaway from Sorry, Brooklyn I just, before I just, we move I just, on. I just woke up from a little nap there. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly what Brooklyn was. It was, it was yeah, like, it was a nap. One, my, my only other takeaway before oh, we move on was uh, 1950s Brooklyn. No fat people, only really hot women in really? 19- Yeah, yeah. It must have been nice. It would have been a nice place to live. That, that was my only other takeaway. No internet, though. <laughs> no internet, but also babes everywhere you looked. Well, besides the um, the Irish accent the main actors had, that was kind of tough to have to listen to. Um, yeah. pe- previous experiences with Irish girls. Okay, well let's let's touch on the other uh, three long shots. First is Bridge of Spies. It's two hundred to one. So I'm gonna. This is one I actually watched. I can chime in on this one. Yeah, um, I I love Tom Hanks. I forgot how much I love Hanks movies. Oh, um, I know. It's it seems like it was like every two years you need a good Hanks fix, yeah. and, and it really satisfied my craving. It was like a really like it was just a really classic Hanks, like a little bit longer than it should have been movie. Um, but dude, I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, I understand the nom, and I understand why it's a long shot. Um, 
I I thought it it really picked up towards the end. And I think if it, it plus if you like kind of legal battles and stuff, um, you'd really enjoy it. I don't I don't see it winning though at all. Yeah, it's yeah, it, no I think I think it's in the happy to be there camp. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say though, which I thought was pretty cool about the movie was, I think it was a pretty timely picture just because with the stuff that's going on right now in the country as far as relations with, you know, I guess enemies, not to get overly political, but I think that a lot of people, especially in like the Trumpian camp, could could watch this and sort of like take away like, oh, that's how you are rational with in foreign relations and that's how you solve problems. <laughs> and the Martian kind of touched on that stuff too with, uh, you know, the space travel with China. And it's kind of like two, you know, veteran directors, I think, making like a little bit of political commentary about what's going on today. I just thought that was a cool piece and sort of like made me like the movie better. And it didn't come across as like overly political at all. I mean, it was, you know, yeah. throughout the whole thing. The the couple things that like I like thought of when I was watching it, like I was watching with a buddy and like uh, there was a lot of times where I would like turn to him and be like, could you imagine? And like it was kind of one of those movies that like made you like, like there's like the one scene where the kid is like in the bathroom and he has like the bathtub filled up ready for like a nuclear, like a nuclear bomb to explode. And he's like, yeah, conserve water. And I was like, it was just kind of like one of those think pieces where like, like this like really happened. Like people were afraid they were going to get bombed. And like, it was, uh, that was, that was cool. It it really did feel like you were kind of in that cold war. Yeah, exactly. You kind of forget when Spielberg movies comes out, like, Oh yeah, everything this guy does is pretty much money. Yeah. What'd you think, Brad? Oh, I mean, yeah, I was, I think you texted me exactly what I told Mark when I watched it, that it was probably about 45 minutes too long. Yeah. But I mean, you had Spielberg and Hanks working together. It was just going <laughs> to, it was, it was just going to be a grind it was meant it to be. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, All it was, right. It was about to be. It was, um, next up, I, and this is my favorite movie of the year. I don't think it's going to win. I think it's also in just a happy to be there spot only because this is a summer blockbuster, which these movies don't get nominated for best picture, but Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> that that was what I felt like the whole time, man. I know. What, Brad? Let's get let's get you on did this you first. See that one in the, did you guys? Yeah, see this is this is a pure theater movie. Like you get everything out of this movie if you're in the theater with the surround sound and like the the visual effects. Like it was incredible to be in the theater watching this movie. Best theater experience I think I've had since Django. Wow! wow. It restored wow. my it restored my faith in action movies. Yeah, and and Hardy killed it in the revenant but talk about those two movies having them in the same year it's sort yeah. of this thought like we got these best actor best picture or best actress all those right but then what if you had like actor of the year and you took wow. guys right and wow. you got gave them their whole year right so you'd have hardy with those two i was thinking you know donald gleason he, he was in brooklyn he was in the new star wars he was in ex machina and he was in something else. Alicia Vikander was in like six movies. Like that'd be a cool ass award to add to the whole thing, right? Yeah. Well, Tom Hardy also had the Craig Brother movie this uh, Ooh, yes. this year. Did that help him or hurt him? <laughs> that hurts him real bad. Did that you movie. See that? Was, oh, of course. Well, how was it? Oh, it was dreadful. <laughs> it was absolutely dreadful. Um. I, yeah. I mean, dude, Mad Max. I just I was at the theater with like a couple of my friends, and after that first scene where he like almost escapes and then doesn't. Spoiler alert. Um, I we just kind of like looked at each other and we're like, "Holy shit!" Like, buckle up, and it just rolled the whole <laughs> way through. 
We'll it talk was, about special awards, man. The dude that was playing the guitar on the uh, oh yeah, on that car the entire time deserves something. That's what I was just about, I was about to say that like like the cool thing about it was that like a lot of those movies aren't like self conscious enough to like know they're completely over the top, but like this one was very self conscious in the fact that like none of this like is ever plausible whatsoever, and so like the dude like on the with the guitar on like the speaker truck just jamming out like. It was, that was like an awesome part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, visually it was unlike anything, but it's also nice to have summer blockbusters that aren't stupid. You know, it had like a point of view and like a like a point. Yeah, you know, a purpose. Yeah. Where as opposed to like, well, I, I was about to say Fast and Furious, but that's not true. Those movies aren't stupid, at least the new ones. But oh, those know, are all incredible. Something like Ant Man, like you know, it's fun to go see a guy shrink and grow, but like it's a dumb film at the end of the day. Honestly, out of like all the ones that I watched in my binge, Mad Max was like the most fun for me. Yeah, we need oh, to so we need fun. to like rent out a movie theater and, and see if we can just run that through <laughs> for like an RGP one year anniversary or something. There we no, go. No, go to your uh, if you have any local uh, like dollar theaters, they're always playing Mad Max. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to go see it again in the theater. I was thinking about like what are my five favorite movies of the year, unrelated to the nominees, and I went Mad Max 1, Hateful Eight 2, mm. um, Revenant 3, and then I went Ex Machina 4, and then Sicario 5. And then I thought to myself, Jesus, I, I love bloodshed in movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, that's, that's quite the list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, moving on. The next one, in the last 200 to 1, The Martian. And what did you guys think of that one? Rose, I'll let you take the reins on this one. So I like when coming, I had a really like negative mindset going into The Martian because it was like the second to last movie I watched. I was like, I was like almost kind of done with watching movies at that point. And I was like, God, I got to sit through like a sci-fi, like whatever. And then like I was thoroughly like impressed and I enjoyed it. It was probably like the third most enjoyable movie of the ones I watched. And like Matt Damon is funny as hell in it. And like it was... (laughs) It was like all him too. Like there was no like real like setups. It wasn't like anyone was setting him up for a comedy. Like it was just like his kind of like swagger and demeanor that like carried the movie. And um, it was really solid. Like it was. I thought it was like better than like the like Gravity or any of those other sci-fi things, just because it had like humor in it that wasn't forced. Well, yeah. And the one thing I was looking at was, so if you're gonna take a bet on a long shot, that's not. Revenant, Spotlight, Big Short, which are all pretty low odds, right? And you think, hey, maybe those three movies split some votes and something else sneaks in there. I think The Martian's the best bet. And I think that this might be a year that we get a shocker because A, there hasn't been one since Crash won it like over 10 years ago. <laughs> and B, The Revenant's the front runner right now. Inuritu won Best Director and Best Picture last year for Birdman. So if there's some fatigue you know, from the voters, maybe, yeah. maybe something else sneaks yeah, in there. Oh, wow. What's, yeah. the, what's the odds on The Martian? It's 100 to 1. I mean, it's a long shot, but you can put a few bucks on it and see if something happens. That's worth like 10 bucks, dude. Oh, easily. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Brad, anything on The Martian? Uh, I don't know. I just liked how, uh, like, obviously they like had casted Matt Damon to, like, carry the movie. But, like, even the other castings for, like, um, Back on Earth, like, it was very good. Like. <laughs> Can we talk? Can we talk about Childish Gambino for a second? Dude, yeah, <laughs> the Childish Gambino performance was, I thought, as bad as his music. <laughs> what? <laughs> I could, I could not get behind. I can't get behind Donald Glover. Oh, that's ridiculous, dude. 
strong. Like, he that's came like my favorite so part strong. of the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, dude, there was not a second where I wasn't looking at him like childish Gambino doing math. Dude, it was like, I was like, I was just like sitting there watching it. I was like, I enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, like they go into that little office and it's like. You didn't know he was going to be in there? Well, at oh, first no when idea. he was sleeping. No, I had no idea. But when he was oh, sleeping, he looked like the, uh, he looked like the lead guy from NASA. Like the, I think his name was Vincent or something. Right. Yeah. He looked like that guy when he was sleeping. Then he got up and I was like. No shit. That's childish Gambino. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is going to be a really weird take, but a thought that I had in The Martian, and you can tell me if I'm totally crazy here, but for some reasons, the, for some reason, the Matt Damon performance just kept reminding me of Drew Brees the whole time. Why? <laughs> I just I just felt like if Drew Brees was stuck on Mars, like he would have had a very similar demeanor. Into like how to handle that situation and like positive outlook on it, dude. The one thing I was thinking about is like, like how much like how much like weird shit would you do like if you were just like on a planet by yourself? Well, yeah, <laughs> in, in a ridiculous amount because I mean honestly I probably would have tried to pull the plug there. I mean kudos, oh, to, kudos straight, to Damon. straight away. Yeah, I mean I'm on Mars, right? Is a, is a soul a, is is a soul shorter or longer than a day? I was led to believe it was one day. Why, but, no, no, a soul, a soul is longer than a day. Oh, it's, no kidding! It's the amount of times that it takes Mars to go around the sun, which you guys is talk. longer I'm gonna, than I'm gonna Earth. Give this, I'm gonna give this a good Google. I, I, Brad sounds really accurate right there. I, I'm, I'm pretty accurate. I'm pretty sure it explains it in the movie. Yeah, I like. I it's don't... the amount of times Mars rotates around the sun, and it's further away from the sun than Earth, so therefore longer than a day. Well, look, I was just – I was watching Damon and then I was just picturing like Drew Brees in the Saints locker room, you know, <laughs> wow. look, looking at the mirror and being like, I'm stuck here with the worst defense of all time. <laughs> and all I have – I have a Devery Henderson and a Lance Moore. Luckily, I have a Marcus Colston, but this version of him runs a 5-3. <laughs> and I'm going to have to science the shit out of this. <laughs> oh, Dude, that's dude, that's that's a great that's a great metaphor for it. Thanks. The, the I was whole, really looking forward to dropping that one. Yeah. The whole like the whole like stranded thing and like a, like alone fighting for your life is 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 starting to get a little played out for me though. Yeah, I did not enjoy it. It was like it was like it was like a cast. It was like cast away on Mars. Yeah, essentially. All right. Oh wow. You ready to move to the big guns? Yeah, let's hit them. All right. Who likes the big short? Oh, I love Big Short. Who doesn't? Why did you love Big Short? I just—I don't think Mark loves Big Short. I I love Big Short. Great story. Like it's great to think that like this happened during like the time of like I don't know. It just brings you into like we were probably a little bit too young to like think about exactly what was going on, but it like takes you through the different stories too, and just and phenomenal acting. Yeah. Better question: Who won the Big Short? Oh wow. Steve Carell, maybe. You going with Carell? What about you, Rose? Um, I'm gonna go Bale. Yeah, I, dude, I have like a weird thing for Bale. I I, just, I think yeah. Bale's I think Bale's the goat right now. I mean, if I, I I'd say he's he he'd get my nod for best actor alive. Bale's wow. kind of in that like in that Leo category of whatever like movie Bale's in, like he's completely be... unrecognizable from the last movie. Yeah, oh, Bale wow, yeah. Bale transforms into the role. Yeah. Um, but I kind of thought I thought he was great, and he's the only one that got nominated. I think, am I right on that? I believe so. Um, but he kind of he was in a tough spot because he was the only one that didn't get to interact with anyone. Um, 
Yeah. So from that that point, I kind of, I kind of thought Gosling was doing a cool thing in that movie, and it was he hasn't been around in a couple of years. It was good. To yeah, see but that there. that's Goss. That's typical Gosling though. Like yeah. he wasn't really going out of his spot like Carell uh, and Bale were. Th- yeah, it's a good point. Carell Carell's kind of like it's a weird second phase of his career where he's like now an Oscar guy every year. It seems like. Oh yeah, very. It's the forty year old version. Dude, 10 why years does ago. every every <laughs> like not not really funny movie Steve Carell's in? He has like weird hair. <laughs> Like yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like an it's like a real awkward length of like not trying to be long, but like not even close to being like a crew cut. And it's just like this weird. It's just so like any movie you look at, like like a Little Miss Sunshine. It's just like a weird length. I don't know. Yeah, I I can get, get behind that. Crow was also kind of like shrieking throughout this movie at different times, where I was like, <laughs> I, I liked the the fact that he was just completely buying in, but I was also wouldn't have minded him toning it down a notch or two. <laughs> he stressed well, apparently that's that apparently that's how the guy was though like if you read up on him like he was just a complete dickhead <laughs> he stressed me out at times it was, it was yeah. stressful to watch him sometimes yeah and then the other thing was i i could have done without the the constant cutaways to celebrities i mean that's that's maybe just nitpicking but oh yeah i, I get that in the directing like yeah i mean th- this guy's up for best director and you know i think about some of the other people and i don't know yeah. if we'll talk about kugler later who didn't get nominated for creed which was like an exceptionally directed movie if, even if you don't think about that kind of stuff uh, yeah we'll get into that and tarantino didn't get nominated and instead this guy who's cutting away to i don't the uh, margot robbie in margot the robbie in a bathtub for hey, literally I no that. reason i mean neither do i but like if i want to see margot robbie half naked i can go on google images do it do we <laughs> It took me out of the movie. I was like, what yeah. just happened? Especially uh, Selena Gomez on the craps table. Yeah, and, and then Anthony Bourdain is just randomly explaining oh, to me what numbers are. Like, I don't even food, like yeah. I don't even like <laughs> Anthony Bourdain when he's on CNN and I gotta watch <laughs> this in this supposed good movie. Whoa, what was that? That was definitely <laughs> something that happened in Brad's room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, moving on. Uh, two to one in the movie that I think is going to win Best Picture Sunday, Spotlight. Um, exceptionally well done. Uh, another huge cast, which we can get into who you guys think thought won that one. Uh, any thoughts on Spotlight? Loved it. It, it, was my, it, was, it was my favorite movie of them all. Yeah, I, I think that The Revenant is four to seven. And we talked about The Revenant at length already, so we don't need to dive too deep into that. Mm. Um, but Spotlight, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Spotlight to be the winner. I'm not sure. I mean, if I had my choice, it would be Mad Max, but obviously that's not a real candidate. Um, but I think Spotlight would be a worthy Best Picture champ, and it was just so well acted, so well done. Um, I, I think it's gonna pull it out. The the Spotlight was like. It was it was a very captivating story and like nothing really like like nothing extraordinary happens in it and it's just it's very heavy dialogue but like it rolled really well and like the story was something that like no one's really kind of like touched on before like everyone knew the end result of the um of all the Catholic priests and stuff but I'd never really gotten into like the nitty gritties of it and like it was a fascinating it was like just a fascinating two hours it was it almost felt like a documentary but you you had some really recognizable faces in there yeah Yeah, I think uh, that's why it's up for like a adapted screenplay I think it's like the front runner in that Oscar uh, nod I think that my favorite performance was Lee F. Schreiber which I mean I thought Ruffalo was great too but 
you know, some people were kind of put off by the awkwardness of his his performance. I thought Le- Liev Schreiber as Marty Baron was great. Not sure why McAdams just got nominated for this movie. Didn't seem like she did much. Yes, yeah, she was good in it, but I, I know what you mean. Um, other than that, uh, is there any is there anything else that you guys want to say about any of these guys? If you think Spotlight or Revenant's going to win, or if you think somebody else pulls it out, uh, I think Revenant pulls it out. I think it just wins, but Spotlight is like it's it's a head to head between these two. Like. I'll be surprised if any other one gets it besides Spotlight or Revenant. Well, we talked about this last time, but it's going to be cool to see Leo win the Oscar because it looks like that's a sure thing. What? Uh, yeah. What? So, what? What are the odds on the Big Short? Big Short is five to one. And then what's Spotlight? Two to one. Wow. Okay. Revenant is four to seven. Why? Is I, I I liked Revenant, and like I understand it, but like it. It, it's not the f- even fourth best movie in the best picture category for me. Wow. Okay. Uh, hot take. That, that, that's a that's a that's a um. I just streamed ten minutes in the last forty eight hours. Take. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah. But no, uh, dude. Like, yeah. I, I just like it, Spotlight deserves to win this for me. That that's that's all I'm gonna say. The rest about big pictures. Spotlight deserves it. Well, it'll be cool to see. Is there anything else that? Brad, that you saw as far as the other categories that you think would be interesting, or are we going to talk about the Revenant first? Or oh, yeah. I mean, me and Rose dove into the Revenant. Is there any take that I mean, yeah? What, what did you think about it? You think it's, you said you think it's going to win? I, I thought it was just. I mean, direction. The director was just incredible again. Like, out incredible movies. He's basically like, like. Greg Popovich at this point, where it's like he's not going to get best director every year, but he maybe should. Yeah, like how many times was this movie cut? Like he would go on for like twenty minutes at a time. Like it was incredible. Yeah, um, and it, it doesn't look like Hardy's the third favorite right now for supporting actor. Yeah, it's behind Stallone and, and Mark Rylance from Bridge of Spies. But yeah, I think Mark Rylance is going to win that. I don't. I don't understand that one. The Mark Rylance? Yeah, I, don't, I thought really? he had a, I thought it was a really good performance. I, I, my my pick would be Hardy. I thought he was you know one one B to Leo's one A, not not where it was one and two. Is Hardy is Hard? I you know I don't watch that many movies. This is more of a question rather than a statement. But is is Hardy kind of one dimensional? Uh, just because it's it seems like it's all like physicality. It's just like every movie that I've seen Hardy in, like. He's just he's he's like the foil to he's always like the foil and like there's I think he can do a little bit more and the reason I think that the movie that stands out is Inception he's kind of like a the the talker like I forgot he was a guy I forgot he was you know he has a real different role in Inception but it does seem like everything he's done is is been Bane esque since since the Batman movie. Yeah, I think it was me. We're, we're me and you talking. We're like, yeah, that, you could just drop just drop Bane's character in any of these. So like Bane does Mad Max, like that'd be awesome. Exactly. Like, Bane does the Revenant, that'd be awesome as well. Like, yeah, hopefully the next party is like more of a sophisticated type of character, like he had in Inception, which is weird to say about an Inception character, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Stallone for Best Supporting Actor is the favorite at 2-7, to seven, which is really just puzzling to me because I don't know anyone who left Creed and was like, wow, Sylvester Stallone was the best part about Creed. <laughs> I, enjoy, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed Sly and Creed. I don't no, think- look, Rocky's an incredibly important person to me, but 
I just thought there was other things going on in Creed that were way more impressive and would have been cool to see MPJ get nominated. Coogler got absolutely snubbed in the Best Director category. And only eight movies got nominated for Best Picture. They're allowed to have ten. It would have been sweet to see that movie get nominated. So why, oh, yeah. why is, why is um, in Sly and Creed the only nomination for Creed throughout the whole entire thing? I mean, I think that's like one of the most puzzling things. And there's been, you know, a massive kickback towards, you know, it's weird, but it's an all white Oscars. And last year, you know, Ava DuVernay got snubbed in Best Director. And in this year, Coogler and Sam, Samuel L. Jackson definitely should have been nominated for The Hateful Eight. And I think going forward, it's something that, you know, they need to address because, A, it's wrong. You know, people, yeah. people are getting snubbed. And, and B, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a bad look for them. Like you guys, you guys look like you're you're out of out of the times. Yeah, and you look old, and uh, I don't know, not yeah. not you don't look like you're participating in 2016. It's not, so. <laughs> yeah, like like I think I think Creed was like, I think it was a big moment in 2015, and I, exactly that should be like when we look back at it in the noms and stuff of what it, what it was. I, I I think it should be represented a little bit more. Yeah, and me and Rose, Brad, were, I was I was bitching about there only being eight movies earlier, and he was like, "Well, why do you think there has to be 10? And I was like, "Don't you think it would be weird if for the Eastern Conference All Stars they could have twelve <laughs> All Stars, but they just pick ten instead?" Yeah. Why? why what would, what is the purpose of not using the last two spots? When it makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. And and, and you could just have you could just insert Creed in the Hateful Eight. You know, and maybe they wouldn't have a shot at winning, but neither do three quarters of them anyway. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I think they're maybe trying to make it more exclusive because if you look at all the categories, they're all pretty much like they're all. I don't think all of them are filled out all the way. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's. I think there's definitely some stuff that they need to look at. My and change my argument, my Brad, my argument with Mark was that like if they're just if they're just gonna like fill ten spots to fill ten spots for Best Picture, then like. There's gonna be a couple of films in there to get to put the you know nominated for best picture in 2015 or 2016 or whatever on their DVDs and on their on their covers that I don't you know I think it kind of dilutes it. That was my that was my. Uh, but I don't agree with that because but yeah there's it's like 10. like <laughs> exactly there's ten there's ten available nominees and only three have a chance of winning anyway realistically. So why don't you just nominate three then if you if you don't want to dilute it. Just have like an honorable mention. Well, that's what I'm saying. Either either nominate all the spots or nominate the ones that have a chance. But yeah. if you're gonna have ten spots, do you think that it looks like a worse a worse best picture uh, candidate candidacy or or group if we just added the hateful eight and creed to this? I guess I I, I agree. It probably I, looks better. Yeah, yeah I, it looks I, better. I, they I agree. Move, they move ahead, Brooklyn. And they move ahead room. Exactly. Like, for sure. We should be able to look back at, at Best Picture um, nominations and winners from the past and get a sense of what the what the movies were like in that year. And I think exactly. – And I think – It should be a timestamp. Yeah. And so in, in that in that argument, then I think, you know, Creed, Hateful Eight, I think both should be on Even that Inside Out, I thought, thought could have been in there. Yeah, um, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Inside but, Out, you haven't seen that yet? No. Is it any good, Brad? Oh, man. Phenomenal. Is that, is, that, right. is, that Pix, is that Pixar? That's oh Pixar. yeah, that's Pixar. That might be tonight. <laughs> it's good. Hey, and you keep good dinosaur. Rolling? Yeah, dude. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it rolling. I'm I'm, I'm into movies now.
<laughs> well, great. Listen, in the interest of not going two hours on this pod, uh, let's let's get some closing thoughts here. Brad, anything movie related or unrelated or shirtless mirror pick related? <laughs> well, diving into some movies, uh, I'm hearing a lot of stuff from about uh, Dope, which just like came out on Netflix. Which I heard some people getting bothered that it wasn't uh, nominated for anything. I think that's people just bitching. Um, that movie was terrible. <laughs> um, dude, it's so the- funny. No, dude, my roommate came in yesterday when I or two days ago, or I guess it was yesterday. Wow. Um, and he was like, he was like, saw me on my movie binge. He's like, yo, you need to check out this movie, Dope. And he's like, it's dope. And I was, oh. <laughs> I was like, dude, like that's like the worst sell you could ever give me on a movie. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, dope was bad. Uh, Good Dinosaur, though, another phenomenal Pixar movie. Okay. There's there's two Pixar movies out that I haven't seen yet. Yes, that's wow, that's yeah. true. I did not see Good Dinosaur. Um, Brad, what are you looking forward to the most this summer? Ooh, I don't know. I'm kind of on. A, I just watched Deadpool the other day. I'm kind of on a, a kick for these uh, action hero movies again. Like I've never been like real into them, but uh, I don't know. Looks like there's just going to be some good movies coming Batman out, like Superman? Suicides. What? No. Give us- Batman Superman is the only superhero movie I'm just not it, interested in. It really in looks bad. Yeah, Suicide Squad looks like a good one. Listen, we're going to have to have you back on, and we could do a little summer movie recap slash preview, depending on which one we, we go for. Um, yeah. But until then, let's wrap this thing down. Sounds good. Rose? Oh, quick quick thing. On, one more thing. If you okay. are scary movie people out there, The Witch <laughs> – the Witch that it just came out, like scary movies are just so hard to find a good one. The Witch will that, – that's a good one. <laughs> that freaks the shit out of me. <laughs> All right. Well, Rose, yep. uh, you, you want to you hit him with the information uh, in the outro? Yep, I got him. So uh, thanks everyone for listening to uh, us ramble about some good movies and some good music. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at Rap Geeks Podcast and on SoundCloud um, at the same name at Rap Geeks Podcast. And uh, follow our playlist along there. Um, get a feel for what we're feeling this month and uh, check out the stream. We'd like to thank you guys for watching. And a, a brief announcement is that we will be entering the iTunes sphere within the next month. We'll have more details on that. Oh, um, yeah. But you will be able to stream us on iTunes. So that's a new and exciting thing. Um, so thanks you guys again for checking out the Rap Geeks and uh, Rap Guys now. And we will um, talk to you guys soon.